We have a great show for you today. We're talking to Chris Arder. We're going to find out about his uh, journey to becoming a developer from living in a friend's garage to being in a band and getting that first development job. Um, if you want to support the show, please visit us at techjunior.dev. You can subscribe to our newsletter. Um, you can also tweet us at techjuniorpodcast. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, all the uh, podcast services, and tell your friends. Anything you can do to support the show is greatly appreciated. And uh, let's get into it. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Work Junior, full stack JavaScript developer. I have with me, with me as always Eddie. <laughs> hey, it's Eddie. I'm a Scrum Master. Whoa! Yeah, I got that today. Sick. Uh, and we have, a, uh, we have a special guest. We are talking to Chris Arter. So Chris, if you can introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Chris Arter. I am a, uh, I don't know what I call myself, an, an engineer, developer, you know, that, that debate. Um, but I write code professionally. Um, someone actually pays me to do it. And uh, yeah, I do... Um, on the front end, I do a lot of Vue, and back end, I do mainly PHP Laravel with some serverless node and kind of whatever else I need to do. But uh, yeah, that's kind of me in a me in a nutshell. Cool. So uh, I guess we could call you a full stack developer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm never comfortable with it because I'm I'm terrible at CSS and uh, <laughs> the markup is where my expertise like ends. But uh, engineer yeah. sounds cooler. Anyway, it sounds. I mean, I like I like money, so that's why I have <laughs> engineer on my uh, Full stack LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. So I put I put engineer. engineer. Yeah, I put engineer everywhere I can because um, it uh, pays better. So side note: what happened to webmaster? <laughs> Good to know because that's my aspiration. Like, webmaster used to be back in the day. That was that was the title to have. It's like yeah. you're it. You know, you oh, are yeah. the webmaster. Yeah, yeah. I they used to have the these certification programs through like a community college I went to. Um, yeah, it was a big deal. Hold on. Then. Was there a certified webmaster? Was that a thing at some point? Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. You really? went through, yeah, you went through this pro. I forget the specifics of the program, but you go through this program at this community college. And I remember auditing some of the classes, um, when I was younger, I wasn't old enough to take classes yet. So I kind of sat in on them and I remember being in the class and so some guy was like, yeah, man, as soon as I'm a webmaster, my life's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, you poor maybe fool, dead. right? <laughs> uh, I what is the, uh, I'm really curious what the accrediting body for that would be. Like, who, who knows? decides yeah, who is a webmaster? Who knows? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> is that, I've worked with a few, but I don't know. I just thought that was like a HR title or something. Yeah, I th uh, to, to my knowledge, at least back then, it was a formal program at the school. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a throwback. But yeah, webmaster used to be the title back in the day. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember seeing that on websites like email yeah. webmaster, blah blah blah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think like you can set that in like RSS feeds and stuff. Like there's a parameter for webmaster or something like that. Yeah, I think there's. Uh, I want to say there's might, might be some settings buried in like an Apache and stuff oh, for sure. like for like webmaster. Um, but yeah, it's it's it definitely has its roots like deep into the web is the webmaster. Um, 
Yeah, I still remember that guy. Hey, whoever you are, <laughs> man, I hope, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not to uh, not to jump off this awesome tangent, but um, <laughs> speaking of way back when and uh, Tales of Old, um, yeah. Chris, you have a kind of an unconventional path to development. So, um, uh, yeah, I know we've, we've talked about it a little bit, um, how there was like some couch surfing going on, yeah. some coding in a garage, yeah. kind of like... Uh, slumming it i guess and yeah. development yeah so was, um that's all that's true yes <laughs> so can you maybe give us the uh the long version of that and like what kind of put you in that situation and how you got out of it sure yeah so a little bit of background um i had mentioned earlier that i had kind of audited some classes at a community college and i um was auditing these classes before I was able to take them because I was under the age of 16. So I, I started actually um, as a, and this will relate to the story, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started, uh, I was a homeschooler for, um, until I was, I went to regular school to about fourth grade and then it I homeschooled. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, something awesome about this guy. No, trust me, homeschoolers are sometimes a little strange. But um, so I grew up kind of guiding my own, education a little bit um and then i always had a love for the internet so you know back in like the late 90s when i was i think like 10 11 um i had a website and some people didn't like believe me back then because that was like unheard of to have your own website so i was really into it and then it kind of died off as i you know became a teenager and got interested in cars and um but then i w found myself in college um this was 2000 Eight, I think, yeah, 2008. Um, unfortunately, lost my father. He left my mom and I like maybe, maybe 30 grand in life insurance, which wasn't really a lot. I thought it was a lot, but it wasn't really um, until I did the math. So I yeah, had that is to, not a lot. It's not a yeah. lot. So I, I split that with my mom, and I lived on what I could of that. Um, and I was going to school full time because I was under the impression I wanted to be a lawyer. And um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I thought I was like, Hey, you know, this law thing's going to be great. Um, turned out not going into law was a great idea. But, uh, so <laughs> what happened was I got out, the money ran out and then I was like, okay, I got to get a job. And then as soon as I'm like, Hey, let's go get a job. The recession hit. So um, let me, um, sure. Can I, can I just pause real quick? Yeah. What did you go to school for? Was it like a pre-law track or was it English track. major or? Yep. No, it was, it was, it was a specifically, it's, it's called legal studies, um, but okay. it's just like mini law school. So you do a lot how, of the case briefings and, and stuff like that. How useful is that? Oh, it's great for like getting out of, uh, <laughs> getting out of things. Like I, I, our criminal law teacher taught us how to get out of uh, DUIs and how to get out of <laughs> possessions. And, so for that kind of stuff. It was great. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, uh, but other uh, than that. <laughs> yeah, as far as like profession, like could you get a job with that? As, no, I mean. Like if you had not become a lawyer, basically? Yeah, I mean, I could have become a paralegal, um, but I don't know. Now in hindsight, I don't know if that really would have satisfied the, kind of the tinkerer inside. Yeah, that's um, like its own certification, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to you have to pass certain exams and it's its, its own thing. But I think my plan ultimately was always to go to law school. Um, but, you know, we I was in a, I was fortunate enough to be in a in a band that was a little bit successful for 15 minutes that caught my attention away from going to law school. And it was actually a blessing in disguise. So that's kind of later on in the story. But um, 
at the point in which I was staring down the barrel of zero money um, was right during the beginning of the recession, um, early 2009, late 2008. And I, my lease was up and I was looking for a job everywhere I could. And no one, literally no one was hiring. And I'd, maybe some of your audience might be a little bit too young to remember and maybe some might be old enough to remember. But um, there was a good year there that it was like, man, this, <laughs> this whole thing might go sideways, man. <laughs> I might want to stockpile some water because it was getting really scary. So I remember that. Yeah. I, I lived I, through that. I, yeah, 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 exactly. I had a little bit of a problem finding a job as well. Yeah. I got out of college at that time, like graduated my four-year degree in Oof. Japanese language. So Oof. it's kind of oh, pushing yeah. with, uh, <laughs> with pre-law. But um, yeah, in Florida where nobody speaks Japanese, unless you're literally at Disney World. Um, and I couldn't even get a job at like McDonald's. It oh, yeah, like, me, me I either. would apply and oh. they'd be like, oh, you have a degree. You're just going to quit, like forget you. And then Yeah, did you, did you stop putting it on your resume as well? I did. I did yeah. at some oh, point, really? yeah. I stopped yep. applying because I was like, they want a lifer. And so I have to like make them think that I don't have an education. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Sorry. I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm offended tweets now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you, then you feel me. I, I was looking for work um, under every stone and um, all the while a friend had offered to let me stay in her garage and she was on the way, she was moving out, and I, I think her, her father who owned the place was kind of hurting financially as well. So I think it was probably getting foreclosed on. Mm. Um, but I, I, she's like, hey, you can stay in the garage for $100 a month. And I was like, $100, I can swing Did, that. So, okay. Yeah. Like, it's awesome that she lets you stay there. Yeah. Did she not have a spare bedroom? Or like, was it a small <laughs> house? Or like, why uh, so, the garage? Uh, so she was going through um, kind of a weird relationship change. Uh, we were just friends, but her, the 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 optics of her and her ex, she was like, I don't know if I can have anyone stay here. I'll be like, listen, let me just stay in the garage. Uh, it won't look weird. Um, so that's kind of the, the agreement that we came to um, so that it didn't kind of hinder her situation. Because I didn't want that to affect her at all. Um, it, it, that's how it started, at least. Um, what ended up happening, she moved out. She, you know... She moved on. Her, her and her actually then husband got a divorce, which was for the best because he was crazy. Um, and then she moved out. And there I was living in a garage in an empty townhome in the middle hold, of like. Hold on. But you didn't yeah. move into the house when she left? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what? Well, I'm not getting to that. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so was there an AC her, in the garage? There was no AC in the house Ooh. because. This, was this in Florida, by the way? This was in Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah, Whoa. after she had left, um, some of the piping got vandalized, and um, oh, I remember that. That used to happen a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened to wait, the, the place. Wait, what? Yeah. So back in the day, like AC units and yep. all kinds of piping, like the like, copper piping. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Salvage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All, all the all the sprawl, the the sprawling houses. Um, they used to get you know people go in there and steal the steal the piping out of there. Yeah. So that happened to that unit. Um, I wasn't there at the time, but so I uh, lived in this garage and um, I was like, you know what? I, I, <laughs> I couldn't afford to pay the guy a hundred dollars a month. So I, there was Jeez. actually some, some shame. Like I didn't deserve to move into the rest of the house. So yeah. I was, I was in a low point. I was, I, by some miracle, 
uh, he, you know, obviously they had cut off the internet and the whole, almost the entire place was just abandoned. So it was back then you could drive through some neighborhoods and like everything's foreclosed and it would be super creepy yeah. and empty and weird. That's kind of how that place was. So, but I was like the only, it was, it was like, um, what was that show on Fox recently? Uh, last man on earth. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a good <laughs> that show. That was that. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for, a, for a few weeks there, um, it was like that. And then, a f- you know, the, a few more people came in and, you know, I'm sure they were squatting, but, um, so yeah, for, for a bit, I was in that garage in a really low place and I had a laptop and by some miracle, there was a neighbor still left that had internet and she did not secure her password. <laughs> so I was able to, um, use that internet to apply for jobs and, um, and when I wasn't applying for jobs, um, I was learning to code and that was kind of relearning to code. And I never really like coded much when I was a kid. Um, but I was really learning for the first time in 2010 in a 96 degree, um, garage in the middle of a sprawling empty, um, thing during, during the recession. So it was a, it was kind of an apocalyptic backdrop to learning to code, but you know, through that, it was sort of that one little mustard seed of hope that um, ultimately kind of, you know, that, that ended up changing my life, that decision to, to, to self-teach and to kind of wield that, um, that skill again. So yeah. it, obviously it worked out, but um, going back, like, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but yeah. what made you, so you, you had um, like a snit with a band, yeah. right? Coming out mm-hmm. of college. Yep. Uh, and w- what did you play, by the way? Uh, uh, keys and lead lead uh, vocals. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you do that for a bit, and you know, like most bands, doesn't work out. Yep. Um, and then you decided like you didn't have money to go back to school, or like it was just well, impossible. no, it, it's it's actually the other way around. So the band thing happened after all of this, um, and the the oh. band thing was kind of a two headed thing that kind of pulled me out of this, but. Um, I was in school, but I didn't have the money to pay Can, for continue. housing. Yeah. Well, I continued on, on student loans. Um, but luckily I got out without having to owe too much. <laughs> so yeah. I took it, I took less classes, um, than I really should have. Um, but I, you know, incurred some debt along with a lot of other people. Um, but I, I, after that point, once I was sitting there in that garage at that point, I was, pretty close. I think I had like maybe a year left if I remember correctly. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, after that point I kind of decided, okay, I have nothing else to do. What can, what do I have control over? I don't have control over the economy. I don't have the control over whether some, someone calls me back for a job. I don't have control over, you know, the AC or, or where I can live or the fact that I have a literally an eighth tank of gas in my car and I have to make a really wise choice about which interview I drive to. Mm. Um, so I, I like I can't really control a lot of that. But what I could control was, you know, what I did about it and the actions that I did. So I, I said, listen, I've got an Internet connection um, and I've got YouTube. What can I make happen? Um, and back then, the landscape of self-teaching or, or, you know, of online tutorials was a lot different than it is now. It's it was yeah. It almost didn't exist, right? It, it, it yeah. Basically, yeah. It, this kid, this English kid, um, was kind enough to put up some videos on on kind of the core um, 
OOP, uh, PHP um, fundamentals. So I, I just dug through that. I um, went online and looked for you know, any kind of free documentation, free walkthroughs. Um, and that's kind of where that genesis started. It was, was in that garage. And I would do things like I'd go to, if I couldn't bear the heat anymore, I'd walk over to a, a fast food place and try to scrounge up enough for a Coke so that I don't get kicked out. <laughs> and I would use their Wi-Fi to continue doing tutorials and, and, and learning. And back then, this was all WordPress because that was, that was the, the predominant um, uh, tool back then. So it was all almost all WordPress and jQuery. Ugh. But <laughs> my, was, uh, my biggest, biggest question is like, what possessed you to turn back to coding? Like you did websites when you were a kid. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, after going through, like, uh, I, I'm assuming you didn't finish the degree. Like you went through part of, no, school. I got, a, I got 146 credits and so I only need 120. There. No, I only need 120 to graduate. So you did graduate? No, I did not. I have 146 oh, credits, and I couldn't pass Spanish. Oh, so, my uh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. But, I mean, today I don't give a shit. You know, but, um, yeah, anyway, so that's kind of the, the genesis of me turning back to coding was me thinking, okay, what do I know that I enjoy? I have nothing but time. What do I know that I can turn into a career? Um, that I could make money on. Um, and also it was something that was simply to keep my mind occupied and not focused on kind of my dire um, situation, you know, and it was, I, I was definitely, uh, that was my, my Brittany of 2007 moment for sure was that, that was that, that like when she shaved her head? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably the dark, one of the darkest times um, in my life, but it's weird how, I was like, okay, I have nothing but time. I'm going to sit here and, and learn to code because I know that I enjoyed it and I know that um, it can turn into something lucrative. Little did I know how long that road would be and how long it would be until I was doing this for um, a profession. But um, the good thing was I didn't know that, so I kept pushing it. And even throughout the band days, so you know, as I was doing the, um, the band and as I was... Um, you know, pursuing these other life things, I, I was still all the while coding in my spare time, creating a site for the band. Um, we created like this ticket ordering system now that now everyone, I'm sure it's turned into a SaaS app now, but back in 2010 ish, when we uh, initially released it, um, it was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I, to, to answer your question about why I turned the coding, it's really hard to say. It felt like it was probably like coming home. So interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you're, you're in this garage, you're doing tutorials. Um, yeah. at least whatever you could find at the time. I don't think Netflix streaming was around back then. So <laughs> like kind of didn't have anything else to do. Right. Like there was yeah. no TV to watch. Yep. Um, so while you're doing that, like the span thing comes along and do you get like a job or how did you go from like living in this garage to getting a, a like a development job? Yeah. So that was sort of the, you know, there, there's, there's peaks and valleys and that was the bottomest, that was the bottom of the valley. That was the very, very bottom. And over the course of the next, um, what, four or five years, was sort of a slow ascension to out of, you know out of that that hole, and that began with um, 
my my um, mom was like, hey, listen, I've got a lead on a good place. It's cheap. This is a place to live. It'll get you back on your feet. I'll help you out with it. I was like, great. Sounds good. Got out of the garage. That was step one. Getting my head in a mental good place. By some miracle, I got a job. I was a waiter, <laughs> you know? So I, I had a little bit of money coming in. And the band was starting to give me something to focus on and to, and to you know, it was kind of this beacon of hope um, that I was starting to, to look toward. And all the while, it's cool how that kind of, that beacon kind of played um, with coding as well. So I was sitting there making things for the band and coding more. And it was sort of a snowball effect that, you know, happiness for me at least is motion. And when I'm in motion, that's when I'm the most happy. And when I'm working towards something and, and things are moving and there's, and there's things happening, um, that's what really pulled me out of that, that, that deep, whatever that was, depression or probably, you know, I'm a level with you. Yeah, it was d deep depression. But what pulled me out of it was action and being around people that were also taking action and working toward the common goal. So the band was a huge part of pulling me out of that. And that came, um, we, I ended up getting a job as a waiter and then the band by some luck. Okay. This is, this is my testament to Craigslist. We got a, we got a um, rhythm guitar player from England, uh, which kind of fit our sound. And his dad was super cool and ended up giving me a job, a real job with like benefits. Um, and I actually got my own place. Um, no more roommates. And that's kind of how that, that, that kind of that ascension worked. So I got out of that hole um, from him in the, in the band offering me a job and then that's kind of where I learned um, to develop seriously was when I went and left for another startup run by his brother. So um, what was what was that first job? Yeah, that first job I was an aircraft mechanic. So I oh. what? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I worked I worked I've worked in aerospace for a few years now, um, and I still dabble in it. But well, yeah. how did you no? How yeah. did you go from yeah? Uh, where did that come from? Pre law yeah to keyboard to or server to keyboardist to yeah. then aerospace engineer yeah yeah no i was an engineer i was i was working in a shop that uh he offered me a job he's like listen you're in this band with my son you you guys are really good I, th I believe in you but you know the singer this guy we need him to be stable we need him to have a you know a place to lay his head <laughs> so uh let's let's hire him and so that he can at least work for his keep um, which is what happened. So I got hired a, at an okay wage. It was like 12, 13 bucks an hour. So it was something that I could, you know, at least eat on and, um, and have some space of my own. So that's what happened. And, uh, we, we played all over Florida. We did, um, we were fortunate enough to make it onto TV and, um, got to rub elbows with some cool people. But Ultimately, that was all about bringing me out of that dark place. And um, I have so many more questions. Whoa, that's fine. <laughs> uh, what was the name of the band? Yeah, Stockholm. Stockholm. Like Stockholm. the syndrome. Like yep, like the syndrome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were actually <laughs> so. This is a side story. We actually made it onto the page, the front page of Pirate Bay. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Pirate Bay used to put bands. And uh, we made it on there. We were on there for an entire weekend. And our, this was in 2013. Our social, like, blew up. It was so crazy. It was like 
wow, this is what it must be like. <laughs> and as soon as we were off, the fountain was, the, the, the faucet was turned off. You know? but, uh, <laughs> is there a, is there like still recordings of you guys online anywhere? Or? Yeah, yeah, we're on Spotify. Um, there's another band called Stockholm that has released some albums, so it's kind of hard. I, I really don't, I don't go around policing them and saying, hey, we're the first Stockholm, you know, <laughs> live and let live. But um, our, our albums are um, Eyes in the Dark, and we released another EP after that. You have to give us links to put in the show. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. My other question is, um, what the heck were you doing as an, uh, I guess, aerospace mechanic for twelve bucks an hour? Yeah. Like, what would, was the like the I, job description for this? That? This is going to be super boring. So when you get onto a plane, and you're putting your bags up, you know, in the in the in the baggage area up at the top. Uh, and you hear that little zzzz that's running, that little hum that's running as you as you're boarding the plane. Mm. That is actually something called an auxiliary power unit. It's an APU. It's a jet turbine engine that sits in the tail of the aircraft, and it's used to power the electronics. And um, it's actually used to start engines mid-flight too, just in case there's an emergency. So it does have some kind of safety use. But um, yeah, it's a small turbine engine, and the and the company I worked for, his, his my guitarist father he owned a company that specialized in repairing and rebuilding those and selling those um so i was brought in to kind of help tear those down and that uh, that business that industry i ended up going into another startup um and did all of the internal uh, software development and did all the marketing and branding and quality control and everything under the sun so i've lived eat breathe um APUs for <laughs> probably like four and a half, five years after getting hired there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it sounds like maybe you did a lot of the marketing and like website work for the band while yep. you were working uh, for, for the guitarist father. Yep. And then from that continued to learn things from YouTube and basically, yeah. So I, I, I was, I, when I went and worked for the startup, um, it's called tag arrow. Um, they're still around. They're, they're a good company. Um, tag hero, tag arrow. Oh, arrow. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, when I went and worked for them, we were, we were working on some kind of like internal systems. We we're like, man, we really need to build some, some kind of internal automation and maybe like make an API and stuff like that. And at the time I, you know, I'd done WordPress, you know, my entire time, my entire career. This is like 2013, 14. And I was getting really fed up with kind of the confines of it. And I, 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 finally got a sense that, hey, maybe everything isn't a nail because all I have is a hammer. So I kept seeing, um, hey, you know, WordPress can't do this, but you should check out Laravel. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll keep looking. Can I do this in WordPress? Can I do this in WordPress? And I kept seeing Laravel, Laravel, Laravel. So finally, I was like, all right, <laughs> I need to learn this thing. So about 2014, 15, I sat down and went um, really deep into Laravel. And uh, that was my gateway drug into real development, um, into really learning kind of how web applications work and not just websites. So it taught me about decoupling the front end. It taught me about you know cloud services. It taught me about you know autom um, CI and CD. And it was it was uh, a very gentle but um, thorough learning curve on modern application development and that was i mean to this day i still have a really soft spot for laravel even though i work you know in different stacks and stuff but that's still my my happy place <laughs> is laravel 
Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. We uh, we talked to Matt Stauffer, um, who wrote Laravel Up and Running. Yeah, never heard and, of him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of his points when we were talking to him was um, that people that learn Laravel learn like all these great design patterns uh, yes. because of everything that's built in and, and how much it does for you. So yep. um, I didn't quite expect it to have like CICD and serverless and all this other junk kind of surrounding that ecosystem. But um, that like you were able to pick up all of that just from Laravel or was it kind of like well, just working well, with Laravel? Lar- Laravel taught me it, it, the, the most important thing that it taught me was the MVC structure. And not that the MVC structure is the best, but it taught me that there are structures and that there are different structures to learn. So I was like, oh, man, OK. So there's, you know, MVVM, there's MVC, um, which kind of opened the door to like, oh, there's like patterns to this stuff. That's cool. Let me learn more. So um, that kind of parlayed into deeper and deeper um, rabbit holes that I went down. So the cool thing about Laravel is, yeah, it, it exposes you to really good patterns, like how to properly use a container um, some people have some opinions on the facades, um, but you know, overall it's a great, it's a great primer on, on moving towards a modern, robust enterprise level style of development versus coming from the mom and pop, uh, WordPress style, which is really tightly coupled logic and, and view layers. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of lock in from that perspective. But the nice thing about Laravel is that it would kind of tailor to, okay, this thing might scale and how do we build for scale um, without having to predict the future? So uh, I have to ask, um, you mentioned MVC, model view controller. Uh, I think a lot of people have at least heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what is MVVM? That whenever I hear that, I think of pen, pineapple, apple. <laughs> <laughs> model so, view view model. It's yeah, used. Yeah. yeah oh, it's that, used. that is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Model view view model. It's <laughs> it's. <laughs> we we can come up with creative acronyms for that one. Uh, yeah, model view model. I think it's primarily used in like iOS and and um, like Electron and stuff like that. But I don't do much of that, so that's not my wheelhouse. But. Um, just knowing that there are other structures um, to learn and other patterns to learn in addition to MVC was sort of the great thing about learning Laravel. It was like, oh, okay, this is one way to do it. And apparently there's like a lot of others um, that kind of got me on a curious journey about learning. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff that you see in Laravel, like database seeders and ORMs and uh, sure, how, to, yeah. how, to, how to write... Um, you know, migrations and, and it, it was a good primer on those concepts that I ended up seeing in other frameworks like Django and obviously Rails. Um, and uh, especially in now I'm seeing it in .NET and uh, I encounter it in Node and, you know, so seeing those things that I learned in Laravel all those years back um, is kind of nice. You know, it's, and I, I, anybody listening to this thinking like, hey, I don't hate PHP um, and I'd like to learn this stuff. Um, absolutely give Laravel a try. I don't think there's many people that haven't heard of Laravel that are working (laughs) in PHP. Like it can't be, there's, it's so (laughs) massively popular at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. I've I've run into some, I, I, I'm not, I'm not one of the super dogmatic dudes who's like, Oh my God, you haven't heard of Laravel, you know, pleb. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, uh, I always give it a good, put in a good word for it is what I like to do. Yeah, I mean, maybe if there was uh, some people that are just like still holding out with WordPress or maybe that was their intro or something. But even that's kind of like starting to fall by the wayside. 
Yeah. If you're listening to this now and you're and you're kind of a um, you're a WordPress developer and you're find yourself um, kind of pushing WordPress to its limits, and you're finding that you're having to like kind of hack more and more things together, um, it might be time to check out Laravel because that's usually a, a, an indication that you might be outgrowing WordPress. WordPress is, I won't, I won't crap on WordPress. WordPress is an excellent CMS. Um, it is excellent for blogs. I think that the community alone makes it untouchable. But, um, you know, aside from that, there are some other solutions that are just a bit easier to work with. Um, I can attest for. Yeah, I'll throw out there that as uh, somebody that works in Node and comes from a JavaScript background, um, Node doesn't really have a Laravel or a Django or something uh, going yeah. for it. Yeah, I, I've noted there, there's that's that's kind of a common comment I see about it. Um, I think I think they're probably it's not for lack of effort because you do you did have sales, um, which I think is pretty much dead now. Um, and there is Adonis, but I think Adonis. I don't, I don't want to misquote this, but I think Adonis is run by like one dude. And so if he gets hit by a bus, like that's <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but like I, most I'm, good software. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was that way. It was that way with, with Laravel for a while. Um, with yeah, Taylor, Otwell. Taylor, right? Yeah. 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 It, 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 it's since diversified since then, but, um, you know, 2013, 14, something happens to Taylor Otwell. I don't know that we have a Laravel today, but who knows? But yeah, Node had like Vulkan JS that uh, some guys in either France or Japan are working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, like, there just hasn't been this like. And then there was Rails, you know, that, that hasn't yeah. shown up for Node. And yeah. so there's a lot of JavaScript developers that struggle with a lot of these concepts that you're talking about, like containerization and design patterns. Like, how do yeah. I structure my Node app to be properly MVC? Like, what part of this needs to be the controller, and what part needs to be the model, and uh, Laravel, like you fire it up and there's a bajillion, um, files and folders. <laughs> it's and but, and a bajillion more as you start to work on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, uh, there's a reason for that. And, yeah. um, and that, that's, it, that's kind of a, it's kind of a classic argument for opinionated, you know, and non-opinionated. Right. Um, I think there's merits to both. If I, if I'm spinning up a small service, uh, I don't want a giant, I don't, I don't want to, I don't need a kitchen sink if it's a, like a Lambda or a small API, like a microservice. Um, but if I'm building something that's kind of a monolithic API like Laravel is, then yeah, I'm probably going to want some opinions because especially if I have a small development team, opinionated frameworks are invaluable because I don't want to sit there and have to write auth controllers for the millionth time. You know? Yeah. You know, they're startup darlings. So yeah, that's oh, what, yeah, you totally. know, Rails became such a, a massive force in the community was it did everything for you. So like, oh, we need to do an API, like generate. And then there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think lends itself to, okay, this is probably serving a huge business need. Um, It might cause problems for development later on because there's probably a little bit too much magic happening under the hood. And that's, that is a very valid criticism of of Laravel and a lot of the, I call them like kitchen sink, um, uh, batteries included kind of frameworks like Rails and and Django is, is similar. Um, so that's a valid critique, but for a business purpose, man, does it solve a lot of problems. It gives you a, a single opinionated code base. Um, and PHP is a pretty inexpensive language to, to build um, because the development costs are much lower than having to go out and hire a bunch of Java developers. So 
um, yeah, there's a lot of pluses and the reasons for using something opinionated. And that's probably why you see um, in, in JavaScript, you know, people struggle with, with um, some of the architecture because there probably just isn't, you know, something that's been around that's kind of given them this boilerplate of like, hey, this is how we do it. You know, check this out. Aside right. from Express. I mean, the, 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 the elephant in the room is Express, but Express is in yeah, itself... But it Express is just like middleware. Yeah, you know? it's yeah, it's not, it's nothing. It's 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 in the wind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's kind of the great thing about it. You know, I, I like Express too. But um, yeah, so Laravel was kind of a huge, opened up a lot of doors for me um, as a developer, and hopefully instilled some good practices. Even though you know, it's a daily, it's a daily thing trying to be better and get better. Walking back a little bit to. Um the second job that you had with the uh, tag arrow. Yeah. Were you hired as a developer or did you get hired like as a mechanic and then <sighs> like wormed your way into a development position from Man, there? Man, I, I was hired, I was hired by, um, the older brother of our guitarist. He kind of split and did his own thing. There was kind of a little bit of a riff in the family. I kind of stayed, I stayed out of that drama, but he left and did his own thing and hired me on um, initially as he just needed help in the shop, getting getting engines torn down. But he knew that he wanted to bring me in and kind of bring me into the management and you know make those kind of decisions. That's that's in, that's what ended up happening. So I ended up becoming man. I wore so many hats. I did the quality control, um, dealing with the um, suppliers association and all the you know quality audits, all that fun stuff. Um, and then I did all the marketing, so all the design, I, I designed like booths and, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, and then I also did some internal development for some tools that were initially done in WordPress. And then we ended up building a few in Laravel. Um, so yeah, I, I to say what I was hired as, it's hard because it's, it was a startup. So it's kind of like, Hey, I need a body, uh, that can do this. And if you can do these other things, that's great. Uh, welcome aboard. And you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a typical like boss scenario. He's he was a friend of ours, so um, it was sort of like a kind of a it was five guys in a room, just figuring out how to how to make this work. And we ended up doing. By the time I left, I think between the five of us, there we were doing twelve or thirteen million. Um, by the time I left the company, so I'm um, I'm a little confused. Like, did you stay at the full-time job and then kind of help him on the side no i left i left so yeah the first job was at a place called chase aerospace that was where i got my my real break out of that you know crappy serving tables and barely affording rent and that kind of stuff was there a was there a certain what restaurant that you worked at was like a chain (laughs) oh yeah uh let's see i did two no yeah i did two i did um california pizza kitchen oh i love that place oh yeah it was oh my god it was so good and sunny's (laughs) Okay. So I, work, I worked for those two. One extreme yeah. to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the the other question was, um, like, did was there funding whenever you guys started the startup, or like, how, uh, how did he my, afford to pay you? To as? my knowledge, there was. I think they had seed of like maybe a hundred grand. I think. Okay, so there was seed money. Yeah, there was there was a seed in the second one. I I, I don't know the specifics exactly, but I, I think it was around a hundred thousand. And they all they did um, is buy and sell those APUs. So they would buy them, maybe send them out to a shop, get them repaired, and then flip them. Side note, that's an incredibly lucrative business. Um, I would be in the room listening to phone calls and just watching like $20,000, $100,000 being made uh, over phone calls. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And then I remember the, the one thing I will never forget about working in that industry is we got a phone call from one of the Saudi royals and one of their one of the companies that manages their their private jets. And they were like, hey, do you have these two APUs in stock? And we're like, yeah. And we quote them and we never hear from them, whatever. They email our accountant asking for our bank and Swift code. And then we're at a bar and Miles, my, my boss at the time, pulls out his phone. He's like, so we just got wired $1.2 million. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like whew, head explosion. Yeah, that was crazy. Wow. I think we ended up making the company profited like $300,000 or something like that on on just that, that phone, picking up that phone. So that industry was, is crazy. Did the band survive through all this, or did that we, kind of break no, up at this point? You no, know, we broke up around, when did we break up? 2013-ish. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. The band was done by then. Um, by the time I started, it was just about ending. And then I started at TAG around 2014, I believe. Um, okay. And then did a lot of development there until about 2017, uh, 18, sorry. That's when I left, yeah. Um, I left in, um, God, when did I leave? <laughs> late 2017, 18? Yeah, late 2017, that's right. So I left in late 2017 and ended up working for my full first full-time developer position um, at Launch That. Um, so what, what made you leave the, the startup to go work for another startup? Well, no, they they weren't a startup. They like to look like a startup, but they're not. They um, well, they're like an agency at the very least. Yeah, they are. Um, I was mentoring a friend of mine in Laravel. Um, he was kind of he came out of a boot camp, and he he was a bartender at a bar near my house, right at the right at the corner of my neighborhood of my house. There was a bar, and he was a bartender there. And I used to go in there and kind of bullshit with him and talk about coding and, um, you know, uh, various things. And he was like kind of interested in it. And I, I left, we ended up having a baby. So I wasn't in there for like at least nine, 10 months. Um, and then I come back and he's like, yeah, so I went to a boot camp, and here's all of my knowledge about coding now. And I was like, Oh man, that's so cool. So I was super stoked that now he was kind of like one of us, you know? Uh, so I offered to, um, kind of help him out and, you know, teach him what I knew and, he, um, I, th I don't know if it was in the boot camp or maybe a project right after, but he got, he got involved in Laravel. So we met up at coffee shops, um, week after week and I would sit there and go through it and help him code it and teach him, you know, where to put things and how config works and all the commands and so on and so forth. And I remember one day he turns to me and he says, and I, and I, I think before I had said, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm. I don't think I could do this professionally. You know, I do it at a tag, but, you know, I do other things. So I'm not like a full-time real developer, right? And he turns to me and he's <laughs> like, he goes, he goes, and you can't get a job as a full-time developer, as a, as a web developer? And I was like, man, you know what? I actually have never tried. Like, I literally <laughs> have never tried. <laughs> because I'd always counted myself out, man. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't real, you know? I wasn't. A 10x. I wasn't, you know. It's like yeah. deep imposter syndrome. Like, oh, literally, dude, yeah. you it are was... the guy for the startup, like making all the money and like <laughs> have all dude. the infrastructure and everything down. And then you're like, well, I don't know if I could do this full time when you're already yeah. doing it full time. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I was, I, I was so blinded, man. I, I was like, oh my god. You know, I actually never tried. So I was like, what the heck? Um, I threw up some snippets on GitHub and I put together what I thought was a good resume. And to launch that's credit, they took a gamble on me, and um, 
it was my first full-time development job. And, uh, yeah, I still remember those first few weeks and especially my first few days of being a full-time, you know, my first gig being a full-time developer. And uh, it was horrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> and I never want to experience that ever again. So yeah. uh, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, when you were back in the garage and, and on the couch and everything, um, you kind of had this idea that, like, I'm going to do something and then this may turn into something someday. Yep. Uh, going through all these tutorials and stuff. And then that kind of maybe took a back seat to all these other things that were happening. You know, it, it, it took a back seat, but it was always intertwined. So I was always either doing development. Um, I was, you know, freelancing a little bit, making WordPress sites here and there, or I was building things for our band or I was building things for, um, for our, the startup. But um, I guess I was never, I never had the courage to, to wear that badge of saying, I am a developer. Like, this is what I do. I was always like, oh, I, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, but it was a seed that was planted that maybe I didn't even know what it would turn into. But yeah, it was something that was, it wasn't ever a backseat. It was more of a thread that ended up becoming the rope um, later on down the line, you know. And little did I know, I had no clue. If you told me today that I'd be in the place I am, you know, nine years later, 10 years later, actually, um, yeah, that would be insane. I, I would not believe you. So um, first of all, like, was it a raise to go from Tag Arrow to launch that? Um, not much. It was maybe 10 grand, but not like nothing life changing. Um, but it was... It was incredibly scary. It was really, it was it was a scary thing outside of my comfort zone, and I kind of thought, okay, that probably means I need to do it. So, so yeah, was it like you had this realization, like, oh yeah, I do want to be a developer, or you know, what was the epiphany there where you were like, sure, man, yeah. I, I should actually do this thing. I, you know, the the real epiphany was when my friend, um, Brad, Brad Goldsmith, I'll put him on blast right now, uh, <laughs> when he said, and you can't get a job. And I was like, man, you know what? I never really tried. And what that did was that started a little seed in my brain of me thinking, OK, maybe this is something you know more possible than I thought. You know, maybe I can, you know, con my way into a junior <laughs> junior position <laughs> or something. Uh and I kind of started thinking about it and would not get out of my head. And then I realized I went back to work and I realized I was like, you know what? The, the part of my day I enjoy the most is when I'm I'm coding. And if it's a day that I know that I have a lot of code work to do and there's not a lot of paperwork, I'm 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 very happy to be in the office. And I'm in that, that drive on the way in. I'm already thinking of the code I want to write and the strategies. And, you know, I'm already thinking about what I want to look up and what I want to Google and so I realized, man, there might be some passion here that I didn't really realize until I um, fleshed it out. And that's the funny thing about human, you know, being a human is a lot of things you don't really learn in life until you go and do it. And then you find that out about yourself. So that's what happened to me. And I said, OK, I'm just going to try this. It's super scary. I'm terrified. Um, but here it goes. So I went and um, applied for launch that. They made me an offer, and uh, there I was um, a few weeks later. I was um, sitting in the, I still remember this, I was sitting in this row of computers, and I was there super early because I was super try-hard. <laughs> I, was, I was there at <laughs> 7 in the morning, sharp, 
the place was not the place was empty for another two hours. Wow. But I was I was sitting at my computer and I was preparing for ideas that I had based on the code base I'd seen. And I had a cup of coffee and it was quiet and I was like, Wow, here I am. It's real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that moment. Just sitting there with that cup of coffee in that in that quiet room. And there I was being paid to be in front of a computer and write code, you know? So that was cool. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's an amazing experience that, that first day, right. When you sit down and you're like, huh, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, so my, my experience, um, and you know, people out there have probably heard this before, but, uh, when I was in college, like I, I took some computer science courses Mm -hmm. and they were so terrible and difficult that, I kind of felt like, well, if this is development, like I, you know, I'm dumb and I can't do it basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd always wanted to do it. So it became like through a bunch of other professions, like became a registered nurse. And so I would go and work during the day and then go to a boot camp at night. And then like after class, I would talk to the instructor and be like, well, how do I actually get a job? Like what, what is working as a developer actually like, like, do you code all day? Do you talk to people? What, What do you do? And then, so basically between that level of confusion over like what developers actually do, like that week to the next week, got like an offer and started in a company. So it was like Friday, take off the scrubs for the last time, like put them up in the closet. Uh, Monday, like put a button up shirt on for the first time and like (laughs) slacks because I had never worked a job that I didn't have a uniform. And like drive my happy self to like corporate America basically (laughs) and show up and like badge in like, hello, I'm here to be a developer. (laughs) Well, okay, here's your MacBook. And you know, it was a very surreal experience. Yeah. Right. And it's so like, you're kind of like, when will they find out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) how long do I have? Hey, aren't you a nurse? That's when you have panic (laughs) attacks in your car before you walk into the, I have heard about your your episode, man. (laughs) I think you take the cake. It's funny because like when Eddie and I worked together, the upper management people would like come around and pretty much slap Eddie on the back and be like, and this is our guy. That's a dev and a designer. Isn't he great? And they're just like, so happy. That Eddie was there, <laughs> <laughs> yet, uh, yeah, he was like panicking the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's yeah, it's so common, right? It is. Yeah. It is way more common than people realize. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very insidious to use a, a terrible movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, I, I'll never forget that day. It was, and, and it was funny. It's, it wasn't really a remarkable moment. It was just a quiet room, an empty room full of computers. And it was just me and a cup of coffee. And but, for some reason, that that moment really stuck with me. And uh, it was definitely a, a long time coming. You know, it's kind of yeah. like a, a a Dave Chappelle keeping it real goes wrong kind of moment <laughs> where you're like, oh. Oh, no, I actually did it. Like, now I am a developer. Yeah, like, oh, no. Oh. Now I actually have to do this. Yeah. Now I have yeah. to move a bunch of Jira tickets over every day. Yeah. So yeah you, I didn't even know what Jira was told you about that. Time. What's that? You, you're, I didn't even know what Jira was on the first oh, day. Oh, no, neither did oh. I. They're like, oh, and here's your Jira log. And I'm like, great, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, I don't like that response. You're going to hate this next week. So here's your login. Um, here's Jira. 
<laughs> welcome to hell. I mean, welcome. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, it, it is a, it's a heck of a journey. Um, but yeah, yeah. We, we also, uh, so you, you wanted to talk about a, a couple other things. Um, Did I? I know we, we, we spent a lot of time on your journey and it's been like, I hope I didn't bore anyone, bore anyone, man. Wait, no, no, I think no. It's, show notes, like when be like, you know, his journey ends here. If you want <laughs> no, to listen, no, there's to a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. Yeah, I thought it was sure. Good. Um, I hope man, <laughs> but, hope. uh, yeah, you wanted to talk about um, learning things and like the eighty twenty rule and yeah, and yeah. What so is eighty twenty? Can you take us into that? Sure. So um, I, I'll give a little bit of context. Like I, uh, the one thing that's kind of saved me throughout this whole thing has been the ability to self teach, and that kind of was ingrained in me when I was young. When I was kind of like, I have my mom was like, "Do you not want to go to school anymore?" And I was like, "No." And then she's like, okay, cool. And that was about it. So I, I left at fourth, fifth grade and kind of taught myself from there. Um, I graduated from high school a couple years early and just kind of, you know, did my own thing for a couple of years and tinkered and stuff like that. So during that time, I learned a skill of teaching myself um, things that, you know, I'd go out and just learn how to do it. Um, and I think that that, that skill um, at its core is now and especially in the coming decades uh, will be the most valuable skill that you can have um, not only as a developer but just as a professional working um, today is being able to self-teach and to improve and to um, you know fill your brain with more information than it had before and how to do that in an efficient manner so I had a lot of practice doing that and I kind of learned some tricks for myself um, for how to learn things quickly um, things like I, I had to learn GraphQL really quickly to finish a project. I had to learn serverless pretty quickly to finish something all in the name of putting out a fire. But when the, when the rubber hits the road, um, being able to learn things quickly and fast and be able to implement them and understand what you're doing, um, is a, is a very, very good skill to have as a developer. So, um, the kind of anatomy of that is, um, the 80, 20 rule, which is, found actually a lot in sales. So sometimes you'll see the 80, 20 rule and like more of like sleazy marketing and videos and stuff like that. But I think there's actually some science behind it. I meant to check some sources before <laughs> I got on here, but I, I, I can attest personally that it works. So the 80, 20 rule means basically this 80% of your results typically come from 20% of your actions. So you can actually see this in action during your workday. Like if you see how many commits you made and how long it made to, you know, took you to, to write that code and to commit it and to push it up. If you actually tracked it, um, it's a pretty good chance that it probably falls in line with the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule also um, aligns with learning topics. So when I write in Laravel, for instance, there is some pretty exotic um, ways that you can write PHP there's a lot of things you can do in PHP that I don't really touch. I just focus on this 20% of the language, and I know that 20% inside and out. So, and that, that's what typically gives me my 80% of my results. So when I'm learning something new, I try to approach it with, okay, A, first of all, what are the rules of this system? Like, what's the rules of this language, or what's the rules of... Um, a, you know, APIs. What are what are the rules of this set of knowledge? What are the um, things I need to know? What what's the playing field? And then I look at the eighty twenty rule and I say, okay, 
what is the 80-20 of this language, of this technology, of this tool, you know, what have you. Um, the 80-20 of Git is the four Git commands, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's a good you know, example. That's, that's the 80-20. So you, when you're looking at something that's new, you think, okay, what's the 20% that's going to give me the most leverage? If you have the luxury of learning it, you know, inside and out, and you can learn all, every facet of the language, great. But for us, for us with jobs, you have to learn that 20% pretty quickly and um, be able to implement those things. So that's, that's really a crux of how I approach things is, okay, what's, what's the most leverage I can get? And that's, that's you know, akin to, okay, I need to get this thing shipped. However, um, that pivots over to becoming a T-shaped developer, which is another topic. But that gives you a lot of shallow knowledge about a, a lot of diverse topics. Um, and not only do you have that, that knowledge, but it's, it's actionable knowledge. So you do have that 20% that you kind of know how to do. Um, and then you obviously pick one language and go really deep on it. But um, yeah, 80-20 and kind of learning the, the, the lay of the land, the rules of a, of a language and a, of a framework, for instance, um, is how I approach learning things quickly. I, uh, now that you've said it, I'm pretty sure that I've been thinking of 80-20 wrong for my entire <laughs> life. Because uh, I've heard this 80-20 rule like maybe once a week. Uh, since I've been alive, <laughs> it's just yeah. like people throw it out there all the time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of picture it as like, at least I used to, um, <laughs> like there's 80% of like something that you're going to use all the time. And like the other 20% like fancy stuff, like who cares? Look it up basically. <laughs> you were close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know like how yeah. close that yeah, would you be. Were but close. But yeah, at the end of the day, like, you know, you're, you're not going to learn something a hundred percent. Basically. No, no. And, and, and the 80-20 rule um, is meant to be advice for things that don't happen in a vacuum. You know, it's, it's meant to be um, a practical. Like um, if you need to ramp up, let's say that you take on a client and they have some old uh, legacy stuff that you need to migrate over. And let's say it's Python and let's say it's an old version of Django. Suddenly you need to become a Django expert, not an expert, but you need to be you know, you need to be useful in Django, um, like now, which is exactly what happened, you know, to me at, at one point. So, um, that, that rule definitely has some real concrete, um, things you can apply it to. And it's just, Hey, what's, what's the leverage? What's the levers I can, I can press. It's going to give me the most, um, results, you know? Yeah. I think for, for JavaScript, uh, some garbage that I will probably never learn comes to mind. Like, um, generators yeah uh, okay. i don't know if i'll ever use that <laughs> um maybe like uh maps and weak maps and stuff like that mm -hmm. like it gets tossed out there and you see it on like dev or in slack or something and you know some really smart person is just like what about a weak map and you're like whatever nerd <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you kick a sandwich yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i just whatever, uh nerd. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I, uh, that, that's fine, you know? If that, that's probably his, this is another topic, but it, it, that's probably his T-shaped language. It's probably the one that, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, he knows deep, you know? So that's fine. I would consider JavaScript my, like, deep knowledge language because it's kind of the only one I know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> no, uh, a hell of a one to know. It, it is a very popular language. But, uh, man, there's just some stuff that you're like, Maybe later, and then later never comes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I go down a rabbit hole. Like I'll I'll look at some um, stuff by like uh, Carl Simpson, 
And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I don't know JavaScript. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that dude. <laughs> I thought I did. <laughs> that's, a, that's a for sure deep dive, like yeah. ten, 10 books later. Um, oh, yeah. I have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a question. What's your approach to learning that 20%? Like, what do so you know? the the approach to learning, no, I just want to know yeah. what, what do you look for? What do you? Yeah, I, what, first thing I look for is it kind of relates back to getting to know the rules of a system, and that's kind of a I, there's probably a better way to describe that. But you look for patterns. Like for instance, um, if you're looking and you're saying, okay, I want to learn about let's take APIs for example. Um, you need to know that okay, APIs need to authenticate and they need to send a request. And there's these things called get, and there's things called post. Cool, okay, those are the kind of the rules. Those are kind of the lay of the land. How does that work inside the app? Oh, there's a thing called a router, that's cool, okay. So for instance, if we apply the 80-20 rule to, to Laravel, if I learn how routing works, and I learn how the ORM, the object relational mapper, the, um, the eloquent, if I learn how those two things work, I now can build all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I mean, like that, those two things alone, and those are just two small, you know, not small, but those are two topics in a sea of topics, but those are huge levers. So what I look for is I look for, okay, what's the rules of the system? What's kind of the lay of the land? I kind of kind of try to get like a bird's eye, like a 10,000 foot view um, and kind of figure out, okay, this is kind of the rules. This is kind of how this thing works. And then I figure out, okay, what's the most common patterns I see? What do I see the most often? Let me learn those. And I'm currently right in the middle of doing this for .NET. So I'm learning um, .NET Core and trying to get myself immersed in that ecosystem. Um, so that's one of the things I do to learn that 20% is look for patterns and try to map those patterns to the rules of kind of the lay of the land of what I see from just being in the framework and in the language, um, which is why quantity is so much more important than quality, I will say. Cool. Uh, as far as what? As far as learning. Uh, not production. No. <laughs> Let me get that. <laughs> That's a very, thank you for, uh, yeah. So you mean like build a lot of apps versus yes. build like one great app? Yes, 100%. Yeah, okay. build, um, it's a lot like writing. You know, you got to get all that. I forget who said this, but it is a quote about writing. You, know, you got to get all that crappy stuff out of you before you can get to the good story. The same so. thing goes for drawing. My art teacher, there you go. my art teacher said, would say, um, you have like a thousand bad drawings in your arm. You got to get them all out before the good ones come out. Exactly. 1,000%. So if you're learning something, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure that I used to put myself under. Um, and I'm sure this can probably happen to more junior developers is you put yourself under pressure that you're saying, man, I got to be good at this. I have to knock this out of the park. This has to be super clean and it has to be the perfect abstraction. And yeah, none of that's true. All you need to do is just write a lot of it. All right. You know, yeah, cool. write, write a lot of crappy code. Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to write crappy code. That's fine. And a lot of, a lot of times the stuff that makes it into production that I write is super, super crappy, it, but it doesn't end up in production crappy, but it starts that way. It starts as just a spaghetti mess of an idea, you know, and you get it working. You're like, okay, I know this thing works. Now let's make it a little bit nicer and more readable and, you know, et cetera. But the name of the game is quantity over quality. If you are trying to learn a new language and especially if you're trying to learn that 20% of that 80, 20, right, yeah, right, right. I think there's a lot of um, junior developers out there 
like we're always tossing out this advice of go build a side project, go build an app or whatever. And yeah. so they sit down and they're like, man, what is the like shark tank $2 billion idea oh, yeah. that I can spit out and like make the perfect app. And then that's going to get me a job. Yeah. And it's just not that it's it like doesn't. go out and make a really stupid thing that yeah. is like really silly and does almost has like zero business value, <laughs> but you think is fun. Yes. And like make three or four or five of those. Yeah. Like that stuff is going to get you hired. Totally. Yeah. I, I can't agree more. I built a, um, a stupid meme bot um, that still doesn't work because there's a, a trigger <laughs> issue. You know, it never ends, guys. It never, you never, you never get better. Uh, but yeah, I, I I was in a position where I uh, had to ramp up really quickly. I had to pull out all my tricks out of the hat to learn something very fast. I had to learn um, uh, TypeScript. So I was like, okay, I got like two weeks to learn TypeScript in and out. So I built a lot of stupid stuff, and one of the stupid things was this stupid meme bot. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny how just kind of casting aside any kind of self judgment of like, oh, this thing looks terrible, and you know, so on and so forth. Um, you end up realizing that you're having a lot of fun, and you end up writing better code. So the the key is to just write more. And don't be don't be so attached to the to the to the output, you know. Make a calculator. Make make the billionth calculator. <laughs> Put it on <laughs> GitHub. Literally, no one cares. You it could. Uh, so, we talked to um, to Janelle Pizarro, and she said something when she was on the show, and that was uh, make sure your app looks good. Mm. And I was kind of like, well, you know, sometimes it's about the functionality, and you know, you got to have good JavaScript skills and blah blah blah, but after like letting it marinate for a while, like you could absolutely go write a, a JavaScript calculator that has spaghetti garbage jQuery code. But yeah. if you put CSS on that sucker that makes it look decent <laughs> or like it has hover effects or whatever, if it looks good, nobody's going to look at your jQuery. Yeah. 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 yeah they want the like, they're going to go and be like, damn, look at this calculator. <laughs> this is hot. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It adds numbers. Look how good this thing looks. <laughs> and that's like, most people are going to look at that. And then if they do see that spaghetti jQuery or whatever that's under the hood, yeah. they'll be like, well, but dang, it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, so it, but it's not going to be the other way if it's functional, but it's like terribly ugly. Sure. Yeah. Like, well, you know, this is a calculator. I've seen a billion of these. And, oh, man, the code's ugly too. Like, whatever. Yeah. So no, it, totally. It's a that's... weird thing that we do, like, when we're judging stuff like that. So. Yeah. I can't really speak for anything too heavy front end related because a lot of my I'm primarily back end, so I, I never really um, hung my hat on making a lot of pretty things. So that was actually I, I, if anyone knows how to do this because I still haven't figured it out of how to put together a good portfolio as a back end developer, uh, let me know. But <laughs> um, at this point, you know, all I did was put together a lot of really well formatted snippets, you know, when I'd apply and. Uh, Hope that they uh, appreciated clean, um, com you know, nice formatted code, and that's all I could do, you know, at the time. But it, depending on, you know, if you're not building front end, if you are building front end, either way, um, just put something up on GitHub because the worst thing that you, you can do is apply for a bunch of jobs and have like no GitHub history, uh, which is super common. Um, so put stuff up there, you know. Does yeah, not I have hurt. To I have to imagine like building an API that has like some kind of stupid data in it or 
has sure. some some kind of endpoints that you can hit and like people can add to it. Like there's a an open trivia um, database API mm-hmm. where you can have like people can contribute um, questions to it. Oh, that's cool. Like, that's just a CRUD app. Like yeah. anybody could make that in any language. So yeah, like, there's one are, um, Dark Skies for um, it's a great one for weather. Um, sure. So you can make a weather app like. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking. It doesn't have to be amazing. Um, it just has to be, hey, I built this. Um, I was able to stay concentrated on one project for a period of a few <laughs> days, uh, which I'm totally guilty of not being able to do. Uh, but, you know, it, it just shows that, hey, I have a coherent way. I can put together code that is coherent and that other people can read it. That's the main thing. Like, can you write code that other people can understand um, that does what it's supposed to do? And man, if it's testable, that's the cherry on top, you know. Hundred percent. You know. But uh, yeah, that would be my my best advice for people trying to learn a new language quickly. Eighty twenty, learn the lay of the land, kind of the ten thousand foot view, uh, and write a ton, write a lot in it, and you'll you'll be great. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Eddie, do you have any other questions before we move on? Nope. Cool. <laughs> cool. So uh, at the end of the show, we usually do a, a segment called Nerd Minute. Um, but before oh, we do we're that, recording this? We, we are recording this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we jump into that, uh, oh, we're just on a phone call, a very well structured phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a chat between friends. Yeah. That's um, okay. Yeah. Do you have any projects or like a website or anything or Twitter or whatever nah, you want to toss out nah. there? No, I, I'm on Twitter, at Chris Arter. I have a myriad of projects. Um, I've got a Twitter bot, a Dank Daily or something. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But You no, had a, I, uh, a YouTube channel too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do have a YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I need to put some stuff up there. Yeah, I, pu- I put a couple of serverless videos. I need to keep... I know if you if you stop putting videos, they like kill your SEO. So I'm sure oh, yeah. it's going to get buried forever. But... Um, that's fine. Yeah, I, I do. Um, it's called Dynamic Dev, or um, I don't know the handle off the top of my head. I'll put it was it something the, like that. Yeah, we'll get a link in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put a show notes. But yeah, it's just musings off my top of my head. I'm going to put something on Docker, um, Docker for Laravel, which like I bashed my head against the wall uh, about a million times trying to get that set up when I first started a, a bit ago. So I made a template that um, is kind of plug and play. So I'll probably post something about that. No, just my Twitter. If you want to, if you want memes and sarcastic quips, you can <laughs> always follow me there. All right, sweet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll we'll jump into Nerd Minute, um, where we just Ooh. talk about comic books or games or whatever for usually longer than a minute. That's fine. Uh, so Chris, you're the uh, you're the guest. What have you been into lately? I just finished uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, a couple weeks, maybe longer than that. But that's the last. I barely have time to play games. But I actually got a chance to go through that game, and that's what I played re- most recently. And it was super sad, <laughs> and I uh, was not prepared for it. And I had to. I will admit that I cheated, and I went online, and I I I learned the different paths. Oh, okay. You know, I went okay. and looked at the paths, so that I I literally I could not handle anyone um, dying in that whole <laughs> game because I was so attached to everybody. I was such a baby. I, I just <laughs> downloaded that because I think it was free like a couple months ago on PS Plus or something. It is it is excellent. Okay. And I'm super, I'm, I'm kind of picky with games because I don't really have a lot of time, especially one for 
that you kind of get into and it's kind of character driven. The last one I did was Red Dead. Uh, okay. Um yeah, that that was great too. But um yeah, what a game. I felt like I was just kind of watching a movie. Very very good game. Detroit Become Human. Check so it did out. Did everyone survive? They okay. did. Only because I cheated. It <laughs> sounds like off. Mass Effect 2 all over again. <laughs> oh man. I was sitting there like, okay, am I going to pick this choice and then this choice? I got like IGN open on my, my phone and <laughs> the other hand here. Yeah, I'm a softie. Swiss but. cheese or American? Uh, 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 strategy guide, help. <laughs> Basically. American, uh, they're dead. No. <laughs> yeah, and, and like uh, maybe I just did, I didn't, I didn't know where the button was, but I don't think you could go back. So Ooh. I had to really make sure I got it right. Is it um, one of those games where like you make the choice and then you don't yes. find out if you made the right choice for like ten hours? Yes. Then you're uh, like, oh. that is the worst. Yeah. Then you're like, oh man, you kind of get the boom, 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 boom. It's by the people that did uh, Heavy Rain and uh, Beyond. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think Beyond, Beyond Two Souls. Two Souls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I ever. Played I didn't that. like Beyond Two Souls. Um, I okay. haven't played it. I haven't played Heavy Rain uh, either. Heavy Rain I liked. Um, I played a it few hours of that, but uh, Beyond I didn't like too much. No? Yeah. yeah. I, I have. I think I downloaded it because it was free, yeah. but um, I haven't queued it up yet. I'm waiting for um, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, that looks really before good. I, before nice. I get lost into a game. Once the, if that game comes out, I might, I might quit my job. <laughs> I might... <laughs> I'm so excited because, you know, there's been so many like dragons and all this other stuff. And I'm kind of a tech, like my favorite, one of my favorite books um, is a book I can't think of right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I totally spaced. It's like 1115 at night. Um, but I'm into like kind of that neo noir kind of futuristic cyberpunk uh, uh, I can throw some out there. Uh, Neuromancer. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Snow yes. Crash. No, uh, Neuromancer. Gotcha. It's actually right here. Uh, haven't started it yet. I have Snow Crash on William audiobook. Gibson. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a very terse read. It is yeah. not a it is not an easy read, but mm-hmm. um, it, it it's it's crazy how many things come out of that book that you're like, hey, that's the Matrix. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the Matrix. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. So I'm super excited for Cyberpunk. That's uh, another one of those games that I just kind of like sit over here and wait for maybe some brave publisher to cross-release it to PC because I don't have an Xbox One or PS4. So. Oh, Cyberpunk yeah. will come to PC. On PC. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's the same yeah. people. It might be a hot minute project. Red or whatever, Red. yeah. Uh, uh, the yeah, the Witcher people. people. Yeah, the yeah. Witcher. So it'll be yeah, on Witcher PC. Dude. Is it okay to not like The Witcher 3? Sure. Uh, am I, am I, I, am I still... I'm pretty sure I, you're not human if you don't I know. Like the I'm like, is that okay to not like that? Yeah. That show I looks it, pretty man. good. It's like not not liking Zelda or Mario or something. No, I don't like those either. I swear. I have the most unpopular game opinions. I grew up on like... Dude, I, okay, I grew up on Diablo. Like, oh, okay. I grew up on. Um, Do you like Diablo three? No, I hate it. <laughs> it the art, I think that's the, all of them. The art style drove me crazy. It, they like cartooned it up, you know. But the uh, the trailer for Diablo four just dropped, and it looks that was uh, awesome. Yeah, it looks like it's going back to its roots. Like it gets, it looks like it's going back to being like 
really like I, I remember some of my friends weren't allowed to play it like that's the kind of Diablo I miss you know I uh the only, every time I see Diablo I hear uh what's his name Deckard Kane say stay a while and listen in my head oh yeah uh-huh like, and you're, you're in I, the first act yeah 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 because I've played so much D2 like yeah. as a grade schooler that uh, yeah. I'm scarred for life oh yeah yeah I had a um I had a whirlwind barb and a uh, magic of fine course. magic fine sorceress I played a paladin like a rube. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never played a Diablo. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh, Eddie. So they announced, what, yeah, four? And then they also announced Overwatch 2, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, I didn't know about that. Yeah. And a new WoW expansion. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. People are still playing WoW. Yeah, yeah. They wow. released that vanilla I say, WoW. I say WoW like, to that. <laughs> <laughs> like wow. Wow. <laughs> have you guys seen the lady where she's this 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 lady is uh doing deadlifts and instead of the barbells it's um <laughs> owen wilson he's going wow wow <laughs> every time they lift the barbell up and down <laughs> no but wow. you're gonna have to send wow, so have to the oh yeah that's going to the like, show notes that's a classic wow <laughs> cool oh, uh man Eddie, you got anything on, on Nerd Minute since we're kind of meandering yes. now? I think we're all punch drunk Sorry. at this point because it's so late. Uh, I was, I've been watching, uh, you said it was Kengen Ashura? Ashura? Sure. Oh, okay. I'm probably saying that Ken, wrong. Kengen Ashura? Yeah, Kengen right, if I had Ashura. to take a swing. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's okay. It's the, like uh, a big martial arts tournament anime thing cgi muscle the dudes beating the crap out of each other super muscular oh, dudes yeah. beating the oh, crap yeah, out of yeah <laughs> they remind me uh there's a book that i used to um uh read when i was studying like anatomy and stuff like that for art and all these guys kind of look like the the guys and they're yeah. all like the ripped michael yeah basically um yeah and they all have like this huge backstory before this fight starts and every you know all the anime tropes naturally yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's been okay it it reminds me of um baki the grappler uh, okay which also had like a new season yeah come out yeah it's, on it's Netflix. very similar i think i think i like to that see better. like this thing well yeah so that that's like the classic yeah. where the dude that wrote that is like super into fighting and a bodybuilder and all this stuff and he's just like a, a big like martial arts nerd, basically. And so his book is drawn like, you know, kind of not fetishizing, but like really playing up the whole um, the whole sport, I guess. And the, the types of people that are into it, like to the extreme, you know, because it's anime. But then like this new thing uh, looks to be pretty much the same thing except a different name yeah so. each fighter is backed by because it's like these multi-billion and trillion dollar companies like uh just in a fighting tournament for who gets to be the president <laughs> of all the other companies basically and um each of That's them badass. Yeah. is this real life no in, in the show, in the show. <laughs> probably anyway okay. um and then they all pick a fighter and then every fighter has a different style and then they go into like there's a boxer and a Thai boxer and then, you know, karate guy, kung fu, like they go through all that stuff. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, different. Uh, they all have weird abilities and whatnot that have nothing to do with their fighting style. Like, 
you know, very animated. Yeah, in real so. life, instead of fighters, they use uh, U.S. senators. So yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Go to battle with each other. <laughs> so it's the it, only it's, difference. It's funny, but it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, well, excuse me while I go cry and weep at the same time. Yeah, as soon as I log off. Uh, <laughs> cool. So you said it, it's not that good? No, it's it's <laughs> been like okay. Better it's it's kind of repetitive because it's a, just it's the same thing over and over, like two different fighters, two different fighting styles, and then do the whole you know background story, how the person became as good as they are, and. They've never lost a fight before, and then they're in this tournament, and then, you know, one of them has to lose or die or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's kind of that. But it, it's been okay. Yeah, I watched about uh, two minutes of the first episode, and I was like, nope, yeah. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. But uh, cool. Um, the only thing I've got is uh, Legion, a TV oh, show. How's that? Oh yeah, um, that was such a that was such a mind trip, man. What, I what seen an amazing the, show! Is it done? It was so good, but I had no idea what was going it's on. Over. But I kind of loved it, you know. So it's about uh, Charles Xavier's son, uh, who is a or is like the most powerful mutant, like psychic, telepath, all of the above, um, and basically has like reality altering powers almost. So. Um, the show, like the comics are all over the place. Uh, they, they do a lot of weird stuff with that character, uh, who supposedly has like schizophrenia. And in the show, it's like one, the visual direction of it is really amazing. So there's a lot of like sixties and seventies throwback stuff. Um, all the characters are dressed in that style. There's like a lot of, uh, decor and stuff from that area and, uh, kind of like, set dressing and stuff is all from that. But it's also got like this psychedelic kind of thing to it where you, you kind of at the same time you're seeing all this stuff, like you don't know what's real and what's fake and yep. like what's in his head and what's um, actually happening. So uh, they, they play that up through all three seasons and he has this foe uh, that is another psychic. And so they have like, mind battles where they're like trying to trick each other and fight on like the astral plane and stuff. And it's just a really interesting show. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it, it just wrapped up with season three recently. Isn't there a South Park episode where they, um, I think the two psychics try to fight each other and they, they're like in a parking lot and they're going, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> 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 uh, sorry, considering South Park's maybe been around as long as The Simpsons at this point. Like, oh, there, I know. there has to have been at, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> that episode. Yeah. I just finished up um, Mindhunter season two, yeah. which is really yeah, good. good. I'm still working through that. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I thought it was better than the season, the first season. And I, and I liked the first season, but I. Wow. Yeah. I, I liked the first season, but this was like a lot better. And I was like, huh, wow. I can't believe it. But yeah, that's been like. It's been my go-to right now, and I, oh no! And I just binged uh, Jack Ryan because I had. Is to, that yeah, I have the Dude, same question. It's good, man. I I didn't I didn't want to like it because it was so broy. <laughs> it was so like. It seems like that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it it you know, but the thing is, it is it is what you <laughs> think it is, but it's 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 very it's very thrilling. I mean, they do a great. It's good thriller. Like it really is um, entertaining. And I was like, I kind of hate myself for liking this, but. 
man, did I enjoy Jack Ryan. So I uh, am officially giving that a thumbs up. It's also hard <laughs> I for the first me. season and the second one. It, it's hard for me to buy um, that dude from The Office as an action hero. Yeah. It's think, uh, uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, John yeah. Krasinski. Yeah. I didn't watch much Office, so I didn't. I love really, The Office. I don't, yeah, like, yeah, I don't really have the kind of um, that kind of frame to look through it. But oh, what kind of shenanigans is Jim pulling yeah. off today? Oh, yeah, he's I diffusing know, right? a bomb. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Where's Pam? The bomb he is in like a bowl of jello. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall, and he's just like, "Well, <laughs> guess I gotta go defuse this bomb." <laughs> no, I. Uh, it so is. Did you ever watch Twenty Four? Uh, I did a little bit. I didn't. I didn't get like really into it, but it feels very Twenty Four y. I was gonna to say like. That seems like it'd be it's, analogous to Twenty Four. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty on par with uh, Jack Bauer, um, but it felt it, the good thing about um, about it is it is the campy, but it's kind of fun in a way. So it's not too um, it's not too predictable. Um, but yeah, yeah I was gonna say Twenty Four is super campy, and they like lean into that pretty hard. Yeah, like uh, at one point. Um, Jack dons like this uh, army of two styled mask really? where he's got like body armor and the whole mercenary outfit and like a, a big machine gun. And he like jumps on a car and is shooting through bulletproof glass and stuff. So they, they totally like put him in these situations over and over again where it's like Kiefer Sutherland gravelly voice. <laughs> Tell me where it is or whatever. And he's like interrogating <laughs> people and shoots him in the leg. And they're like, oh, you didn't have to do that. The bomb's in another location. <laughs> and then you it. see the clock and it's like the net. And it's so bum, dumb. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. It was entertaining anyway. So yeah. uh, it, yeah. is, is Jack Ryan like maybe a little bit more serious than 24 it's, or maybe yeah, it, more it realistic? It's, it's, it's slightly like it's slightly more realistic, but the the writing is um you know it's 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 not uh, the artist or you know it's it's not godfather but it is uh well written and it keeps it really like the pacing is really well done so i i was not expecting to like it i kind of turned it on just to kind of troll it and then <laughs> i was like three or four episodes in and i'm like wait i gotta find out i gotta find out if they find out he's a spy or not <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like my entire day shut down and there i am uh, going through Jack Reacher, Jack, not Jack Reacher, uh, Jack Ryan. Why are all these agents named Jack? What's going on? Uh, I don't know, man. Wait, what? No idea. Is is this the same character yeah. as the Tom Cruise movies? Okay. Yeah. All right. No, 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 no that's no. Jack, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's the that's same character uh, as um, Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. A bunch of movies actually. Uh, yeah. Some of all fears. Um, yeah. Didn't. Um, Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck, I think, yeah. played also Jack played Ryan him. at one point. Okay. Uh, there's probably been some more, okay. but he, um, it's a Tom Clancy character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I Jack mean, Ryan's you know, in a bunch of books. Speaking of book characters, there is one show that I cannot recommend enough, and it's called Bosch on um, oh, Amazon. I've seen uh, that. I love it. Bosch is so good, man. That is such a great show. That's that is really like his taste in everything is just like spot on. Like his apartment, the music, the everything. His watch. I like. I look at his watch. I'm like, man, it's a baller submariner. <laughs> I really want it. But yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, even his like 
his pistol like holster is very classy. Oh yeah. It like everything on that show is just done up to a T. Oh yeah. Uh, his, his partner, uh, what's his name? JR, I think. Yeah. Um, he's like dressed in the nines all the time. So. Oh dude, that guy's tailor is top notch, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his suit is like, it's always impeccable. I'm like, man, this guy's look great. If like real life LAPD agents dress, uh, or officers dressed to that kind of level. You know, maybe maybe some do. I would yeah. I would guess maybe most don't, but I don't know. Yeah. That yeah. show is uh fantastic though. Just yeah. all the um and they renew it. It's very much a season. noir show. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm such a sucker for noir, man. I, like Blade Runner, all that uh, stuff. I love, Blade I love it so much. Yeah, Blade Runner, Drive is another huge yeah. one. Yeah, love yeah. love to drive. So yeah, I'm a huge sucker for that noir. Except it's it's not like dripping with it. It's just it is yeah. a noir show, and it's yeah. kind of like a realistic take on it. So that's kind of nice. It's not like hyper stylized like those other ones. Like um, <clears throat> right. I don't know if you saw Only God Forgives, um, which was hyper hyper stylized. So is Drive. I think Only God Forgives. That was, was another um, what's his face movie. Yeah, is that was, the one in Thailand? Yeah, that was another. Yeah, Nicholas Winding Refn. That movie yeah. was horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I it was hated so bad, that man. movie so much. It was so. I will give it credit though. It was really pretty. I thought it was a very beautiful I, film. But the script. I don't was remember just, that, but it it was like a bad oh, yeah. student film. It, it was, was. It was a bad student yeah. film. He did another. He did another <laughs> one where like supermodels would eat each other. A, a Neon Demon. Oh, what? I, I didn't yeah. See that. Yeah, Neon Demon. Yeah, Neon Demon was another one he did. It was really bad. Really, the only good movie he's made is Drive. Drive is good, yeah. Nick. So these yeah. are all by the guy that made Drive? Yeah, Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He used to be one of my favorite directors, but he's kind of like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Drive was a fluke. <laughs> Maybe. Cool. Well, uh, I yeah. think we're uh, we're kind of like way off on a tangent at this point. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think we can, we can wrap it up. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Chris. Uh, it was a blast having you. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, if anybody listening this far <laughs> uh, to this point, you get a special pr- uh, prize. Um, you don't really get a special prize. Just thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening to this point. <laughs> All <laughs> Sorry. right. Well, uh, I think we'll we'll have to have you back on the show to, to talk about some more stuff. Uh, Certainly. More movies. I, would, I would love to. Yeah, more movies. We'll we'll uh, we'll waste more of each other's time. I love it. <laughs> awesome. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. All right, guys. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to Tech Junior. Please head over to our website at techjunior.dev for show notes and past episodes. While you're there, please sign up for our newsletter. Um, it goes out once a week with the latest episode and other goodies that we think you guys would like. Um, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by becoming a Patreon subscriber. Special thanks to all our current patrons. And... Uh, We also have a Teespring store with t-shirts and stickers designed by Lee and I. Um, You can find links to both these things on our website at techjunior.dev under support. Um, Please follow us on Twitter at techjuniorpodcast. You can also follow our personal accounts. Uh, Lee is at Lee Warwick Jr. I am at Ed Otero. The O's are zeros. Next week, I think we're finally going to get to my React episode. We're not going to promise anything just yet because we'll see how things shake out. 
All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.